Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. On this very special episode, we are lucky to have two great guests, Dr. Elisa Medhus and intuitive medium Emmanuel McIntosh. Dr. Medhus, a physician and mother of five, has practiced internal medicine in Houston, Texas for over 30 years and is the creator of the well-known blog Channeling Eric. Dr. Medhus and her son Eric share their journeys in the books My Son and the Afterlife, Conversations from the Other Side, and My Life After Death, A Memoir from Heaven. In addition to her two books with Eric, Dr. Medhus is also the author of three award-winning parenting books. Emmanuel is coming to us from Belgium today, and she's an intuitive medium, spiritual life coach, and meditation teacher, and along with her husband, they run a spiritual center teaching people self-healing and the path to peace and happiness through spiritual awareness. And I'm not going to say too much more because their f- story is so fascinating, and I want them to share it in their own words. And we'll introduce you to Eric on the show today also. To visit their sites, you can go to channelingeric.com, that's the blog, and emmanuelmackintosh.com. And as always, you can visit wedontdieradio.com, and you can find all the links that we may be talking about today, the Facebook groups, etc., and so forth. So Dr. Medhus and Emmanuel, a warm, warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad I'm, here. I'm a part of this. Super glad. I've had many of my listeners send me private messages to have you on the show. And uh, I'm just extremely grateful that it now is the perfect time to connect. Really great. Uh, Dr. Meadows, maybe you can start with uh, some of the story here because it is a very interesting and unique story. Maybe a little bit about your background, about your family, about Eric, what happened, and and how this whole uh, magnificent, miraculous world um, began. Uh, Well, it it started out kind of in a rocky way, unfortunately. Uh, My son took his life a few years back, uh, and um, it was very difficult for me because I was raised by atheists, you know. I wasn't an atheist. I I was more of an agnostic, but I I just didn't know how to answer that question. Is my son still around? I had I was absolutely lost. Furthermore, being a physician, you know, you're I'm raised in the world of science. So for me, for something to be real, it had to be perceived by uh, you know one of the senses, or you know at least measured with an instrument. So that made it even worse for me. But then about three days after Eric died, I get a call from my militantly atheist father okay like his first words to me after eric died were sorry lisa eric's gonna turn to dust that was his first words wow. after i said that eric died he is not uh, a very warm-hearted person anyway so uh he he called me and said elisa i don't know what to believe i was sitting in my chair and all of a sudden eric appears before me and then he turns into his little boy self and and crawls up into my lap i don't know what to believe i'm so startled so, you know, and this is, again, not a warm-hearted guy, so he would not have made this up to make me feel better, okay? And uh, so I started reading every book I could on uh, quantum physics, uh, near-death experiences, afterlife survival, I mean, uh, 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 near uh, just any stories on conscious survival, controlled right. studies on mediums, everything I could. And then I ran out of stuff to read, so I decided to do what a lot of parents do mostly out of uh, desperation, I decided to go ahead and contact, try to contact Eric through a medium. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had asked me what a medium was, like before that, I would have, it would have conjured up this image of a, of a gypsy hunched over a crystal ball. I had no idea what they were capable of. So I call, uh, a J- I make an appointment with Jamie Butler, and uh, um, she didn't know anything about me except my credit card number and my name. That's it. And uh, she was able to um, describe, oh, my God, the dogs are barking. I didn't know which side the dogs are barking. That's okay. Let let me text my daughter to get them. (laughs) They're excited. (laughs) No, there's something going on outside. Uh, Anyway, so where was I? 
Uh, you d- decide to um, see Jamie Butler, talk to Jamie Butler, oh, yeah. who only had your credit and card number. She yeah, she didn't know anything about me and uh, or Eric. And she said, well, your son is here. And he said he took his life. And she went on to describe exactly the gun type of gun he used, where he was sitting, the wow. clothes he was wearing, and even shared the colorful language he, en- he engages in sometimes, which made her blush. Uh, wow. Maybe I, sh- maybe I should uh, let Emma go on and... I'll uh, put put the dogs up. They were supposed to be up already. You want me to do that? And Why let not? Emma Hi, things? Emma. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah. Good. We start with Elisa. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great. And, and so, obviously, you're not the first medium that she contacted. True. Um, mediums um, are being contacted really the way I hear it all over the world by Eric. So he's, (laughs) he's definitely decided to conquer the world with his knowledge and with his uh, teachings. Wow. Um, So exciting to me just to hear it. um, Because I, although I don't know too, too much of the story and I'm excited uh, to have you share, obviously her first reading um, with Jamie Butler, it sounded really profound um, and I did not realize that Eric is contacting others. Uh, he is. He is. Um, for me, I really had never heard of uh, channeling Eric, and I mm-hmm. had never, I, I didn't really lose a person that was close and dear to me. Um, so for me, I mean, it all started when I was a little girl, um, where I noticed that I was very sensitive to energy and I always felt different than everybody else. I always felt like I didn't fit into this world. Um, but I had come to a point in my life where I had been working a, a dead end job for a very long time and I felt unappreciated and I felt like I was stuck and I couldn't get anywhere <laughs> in this world, no matter what I tried. And believe me, I tried a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, in this world to find my way to find a way to be comfortable and peaceful and um it just wasn't working out for me and uh, i had been doing readings for people and friends um you know just on the side just for fun um and uh, a lot of the things that i said you know 90 percent of the information uh they could verify uh which was amazing to me and then the other percentage, you know, came later on, several months later. Hey, remember that thing you said? Well, it just happened. Um, so for me, that was uh, really cool. I thought it was cool. However, I never thought, oh, I'm going to become a medium. You know, it was just for fun. It was just for fun for me um, and a way to take away um you know, helping people makes me feel good. So it took away the attention of me not feeling good about me in this life. Yeah, and I don't think there's uh, anything better you can do than to help someone through the grieving process and reconnect them with a loved one. Exactly. It really gives you a sense that... that uh, Are you here, Emma? Uh-oh, um, did we lose her? <clears throat> I think Eric's been messing with us. Are you still there? Oh, yeah, she's here. She's here. Um, Doctor, we're experiencing life. This dog barking and all that. My my dogs never bark like that, but there's some huge party going on outside. I don't know why this early in the morning, but, but, uh, yeah, that's life, guys. Can we get back to your story, um, Elisa, about uh, your first interaction with Jamie Butler? And then we can get back in. Uh, So I was really amazed and I, Kept having sessions along this uh, about the same time, all this was happening. We experienced all sorts of phenomena uh, with Eric. He would turn on faucets while we were just standing there watch- watching. Not just a drip. I mean, all the way. He would wow. turn deadbolts. Uh, airsoft BBs would materialize at the ceiling and drop to the floor a, a couple of times. And then uh, uh, there was one incident where every time my husband uh, came through the uh, door from the garage to the kitchen, the downdraft vent that sucks up all the smoke from when my cooking is burning mm-hmm. uh, it, it goes up and down every time like like it was saying hi but the thing was we were remodeling our kitchen so it was totally gutted of power there was no power supplied to the downdraft vent he would turn blenders on uh one time <clears throat> he even called me on the telephone i was um uh, 
on the couch working on my computer, which is pretty, pretty much all I do all day practically. And uh, all of a sudden the phone starts ringing and I was very annoyed because it kept ringing. And it was, I knew it was a robo call because it was, I figured it was because it was campaign. It was campaign season. Right. And uh, God, it wouldn't stop. And finally it picked up and there was Eric saying, it's me, mom, Eric, it's me. Wow. And I, I flew to the phone. Did not get it in time, but the weird thing is it didn't leave a message. You know, and my answering machine picks up every message. Plus, it was a 12-digit number. When I called that number, it was not, not a working number. <clears throat> and then there was one time when I uh, was getting ready to go to sleep. I was about to lay my head down on the pillow when there was Eric jumping from one side of the bed to the next like a bunny rabbit. And my sister Denise, who uh, passed away before him, was sitting at the left foot of the bed, just looking at him and grinning. And I was following him, going back and forth, and, you know, saying, "I'm not. I know I'm not asleep. I didn't even get a chance to lay my head down." And all of a sudden, he looks uh, at me and looks shocked, and says, "Mom, you can see me." Then he comes into my arm, and we hug, and it felt so cool. It felt absolutely solid and real. Wow! And so then powerful. Was, I know. And uh, then there was one time uh, when we were walking, my, uh, one of my daughters, Michelle, was following me as I was walking toward his room. And uh, she was very connected with Eric. And she felt his presence, so she picked up a camera that was on a table in the hallway and started snapping pictures. And then when we looked at the pictures afterwards, we could see one of them was this very bright orb with this long comet tail as if it were moving. Mm. So let me just back up and say, all during this time, anything that would happen like this, after some time, doubt would creep in. Of course. I just couldn't believe 100% until a couple of things happened. I just couldn't believe it because I think I was just afraid because what if I did believe it and find out it was all nonsense? Right. Now, that, that would be like losing Eric again, but forever this time. So I, I just couldn't put myself at that 100% mark uh, until a couple of things happened. One was we had that orb analyzed by two professional photographers, uh, experts in photography analysis. And they did certain things like, I don't know what this means, but taking the gamma down and all that. And they mm -hmm. came to the conclusion that that orb was its own light source. And you could even see it emanating light on the nearby banister for example and then another time was when uh, a blog member called me and said alisa you know on one of your interviews uh, your youtubes i hear voices and i said well it can't be because it was just jamie and me so uh but you know i listened to the timestamps, and sure enough there were uh, three different voices and one of them was Definitely my son. I know my son's voice. I would even play it to our housekeeper who raised, helped raise Eric since she was 18. He said, who do you think this is? It's Eric. So we had that analyzed too. And the, uh, the sound expert decided that the voices were not human mm -hmm. for many reasons, much of which I do not understand. But the main reason is they did not leave a voice print. So once I had that, you know, being ever the skeptic, I that brought me to 100% sure, and I'm never going to doubt it again, ever. And, and now, Eric, and he meets on, on this call, who knows, leaves uh, his voice on a lot of radio shows. Like there was one, uh, we had one, I had one interview on a radio show, and the host called me um, a couple of days later and said, Elisa, there's a voice that we didn't hear during the interview. And it, I listened, and it's Eric saying, minions, really loudly. I mean, without a doubt. And then you hear Jamie saying, uh, laughing and saying, he's calling them minions. And this is, again, something we only heard on the recording, not live. So he's done that several times. Like he said, pushing her. And then Jamie says, he says he's going to push you to the 
to the uh, to the host. Mm, I've done enough recordings of EVP, electronic voice phenomena, and know that after a recording takes place, our deceased loved ones can step in and then manipulate the recordings. So exactly. whether he's doing it live or and we don't hear it or he's manipulating the thing after, um, it'll be really fun to listen after and just see. Uh, but yeah. it sure sounds like you have one powerful son and uh, gives great hope that you know any anything's possible but I want to ask Elisa when did he start coming through like channeling it's one thing to get a message from a medium it's a whole nother thing to have um, I would say your son talking through the mouth of a oh. medium right is that that's oh, yeah yeah that, ha- that that happened uh, the first time that I let's see was that the first time well, there are two that I don't know which came first. That's okay. One was my friend Robert. Uh, we met through Channeling Eric. Uh, he was really scared to to contact me because he didn't want to impose. But Eric, he's a medium. Eric kept bugging him to contact me. And so he finally did. And I said, let's talk on the phone. And um, we talked for a long time. And I decided, you know, he needed to be part of my family. And he's comes over every other uh, Friday uh, for a family get-together. Well, one time, we went out to dinner as a family. We came home. He said, I'm really tired. And he lay down on the couch. We went outside in the backyard to, to sit and talk. And uh, then he comes out with this strange look on his face. I thought he was mad at me or something. Mm-hmm. And his arms were crossed. And he goes, Mom, it's me. And, and, and just the way he crossed his arms. This was something I've never seen Robert do. That was Eric. So typical. So I went to hug him, and then Robert was like, what's going on? He woke up. Uh, and then the time that may have happened around the same time was Jamie at one of the Channeling Eric events uh, in, I think in, it was in Atlanta, her Love and Light Center. And uh, it, it's really cool to see uh, Eric trans-channeled because, and my husband agrees too, when you hug uh, Eric in the body of another person it feels much firmer, harder Jamie was rather soft feeling when you hug her but when Eric entered her body then uh, it just his his whole the facial expressions the mannerisms, everything is all Eric Wow, I always remember the scene in the movie Ghost uh, when Patrick Swayze steps into Whoopi Goldberg's oh, she was a medium yeah. and they're able to talk and hug kiss uh, Demi Moore's character. Uh, and, and then I got a great opportunity to take a trance mediumship course at the famous Arthur Finley College and saw yeah. some of this direct speaking, um, people stepping into the energy of the medium and speaking. And it, even your story right now, I just have goosebumps just to, to think, to know that this is possible. Is, well, Emma is is wonderful with trans-channeling Eric. Yeah, so Emma, how did Eric first come to you? Well, like I said, I was uh, in a bad situation with work, and I always felt like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I had always been interested in this in the spiritual, and I'd always felt like I was being watched. And you know, my dad was doing. Um, card readings and things like that. So it, it wasn't something that, you know, that was taboo where I grew up. Great, um, great. And so they had offered me a new position at my work. Um, and I had this feeling that they're, <laughs> they're, they're not going to give it to me or they're going to screw me over somehow. <laughs> and um, I told my husband, you know, if this doesn't work out after all these years, that is a sign that I need to do something else. And right at, I think it was the same day, um, my husband and I had been looking into Buddhism and, and we had been looking into being mindful, following mindfulness courses. We went to see Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a Zen Buddhist man- master here in Bordeaux. Um, and so, and we did that because we weren't feeling good. We weren't in the right place and we wanted to be peaceful. So we learned to meditate and things like that. And, um, I was looking online and I was not looking for anything spiritual, but all of a sudden, uh, on YouTube, um, Eric's interview pops up with, um, Siddhartha with Buddha. Um, 
and Jamie. And I was like, oh, that might be interesting. I had never seen a medium talk to a famous person. I had never really uh, encountered it like that. Mm -mm. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, let's just see what it is. It might, it might just be all fake. That's what my first idea was. It's probably all fake, but let's just see what it says. And I watched a video and it felt so real and so true to me that I was completely in shock after that interview. And I, I, I went to my husband and I said, like, you got to watch this. This is incredible. I don't know what it is, but I feel amazing about this. And he started watching it and he's like, oh my God, yeah, that's not, that's not fake. Um, and so we started watching more and more videos. And I think a week later we were meditating and we meditated for about two hours a day by then. Wow. And um, all of a sudden, this young man pops up. Now, they had been talking about Eric, and I had just seen the videos. But I didn't really know what he looked like or who he was as a person. So this young man pops up, and he's going, hey, it's me, Eric. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, okay, hello. Yes. <laughs> I was a little bit in shock. Yes. During my meditation, I had never seen a person before, you know, I would go to my Zen place and I would do that, do my mantras and stuff, but I had never really had a person come up to me and go, hey, what's up? Um, and he just looked at me and the first thing he said was, I love you, but you need to get the F out of this job because you are denying your own abilities and you are denying your own path. Um, and I was like, I had no idea what he was talking about. So, and he just popped, he just poofed away. Um, so I woke up from my meditation and the next day he came back. Um, and he said, um, as soon as this job fails, uh, you need to go and help people. It is your journey to help people. Um, you definitely need to, um, he says, use your past to change the future is what he said. And I had to think about that for a little bit. Um, and when I woke up, my husband said, I saw him too. So apparently he had visited with my husband as well. Wow. And he said, he had told him, you're going to need to support her in this because otherwise she will not have the courage to continue uh, this journey. And my husband's always been my support. He's always been the one who pushes me uh, to follow my dreams because I'm, I, I, I was a very fearful person. I was raised with a lot of fear and in my past caused a lot of fear inside of me. I was raped by my grandfather for years. Oh, sorry um, and so a lot of um, instability was caused because of that. A lot of fear, a lot of self-hate was a result of that and a lot of hiding of who I really was and hiding from people as well. Mm. Uh, so it really traumatized me, uh, but I did overcome it on my own. I never received any help. Um, I, I, I am very proud of that, that I did all of that by myself. Um, and so I started to understand, okay, I need to use that in order to connect to people and to help people. And I started analyzing myself. I started really uh, focusing on myself. And I started to understand that the reason my predictions were so spot on is because I could easily recognize all the feelings. Because every emotion has a frequency, an energetic frequency. And I could pick up on those because I had been through almost every emotion you could possibly think of. You know, I had been through suicide uh, thoughts and I had been through a depression and I had been through uh, self-hate and, uh, you know, uh, everything you could possibly think of and fear and anxiety. Um, so I just started, he started helping me in, in realizing that. And so he also helped my husband in, my husband is a very visual thinker. So it was really easy for him to visualize himself next to uh, Eric. Um, and he helped him in learning to leave his body while he was meditating um, and things like that. And uh, one day I was on Facebook and Eric tells me, say hi to my mom. And I was like, she's too busy. There's probably a million people who bother her. I right. don't want to bother her. Um, and he goes, no, 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 no. You need to say hi. And I said, OK. So I said hi. And uh, Elisa and I just started chatting a little bit. And, and I, I think there was a day where uh, we were talking about things. And, and Elisa said, hey, maybe you should come on as a guest speaker. And then and, and that'll be a lot of fun. And, and, and I was 
I have to say, Lisa, I was terrified. I almost peed my pants when you asked Aww. me. <laughs> I had never done anything like that. I had never even, I mean, all my readings were for people that I knew, you know, it was not for the world people, now. You know, yeah. the world. And, and even a video recording, that was, whoa, never done that before either. So I was terrified. And Eric kept you yelling at me. Nervous at all. He, I know, but I was. He just kept he kept yelling at me, effing do it, effing do it. I'm sure he didn't say effing, guys. No, you know, he didn't. You know what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it shows a lot of his personality. But when did he start speaking through you? And I'm interested, do you, can you, does your conscious mind hear what he's saying through your mouth? Or are you more in like a trance state? Um, I don't know. He always tells me that I'm very unique. And uh, the way that he explained, because it's, it's, it's really hard for me. I don't know how other mediums work for me. I've never followed the class. I've never done anything. That's okay. I don't have a clue. Um, But the way that he explains it is that when I communicate to spirit, I actually allow them into my personal energy field and I merge together with their energy. So we become one. And uh, they then communicate to me in energy, and that energy then gets translated in thoughts, in pictures, and in uh, emotions. And what my body automatically does is, he says, is I put all those puzzle pieces together really quickly, and that's how the conversations come out. So uh, I am fully present when I do any reading. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I do notice that... um, when I'm doing a reading, things start, it's almost like things start speeding up. And I start talking, 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 and I can't stop. And, you know, I'll look at the clock and an hour has passed and I haven't stopped talking. And I have no idea what I've all been saying. You know, Mm -hmm. although I am fully aware that I'm there and I'm talking, talking, talking. uh, And this, this information just comes out. So it's, I am present, but at the same time, I allow them to fully come through in their own way. And people have said, oh, my God, your, your, you know, your hand movements are just like my grandmother's, you oh, know. That's or so sweet. Accents will come out, you know. I'll start talking uh, different accents. And then the, the complete trans channeling, I'm not so... Uh, used to yet uh, I think the first time we tried it was with Elisa and uh, and some some of our friends uh, very privately and that was the very first time where it actually uh, succeeded to step out completely uh, and to allow him in and then I had uh, my last uh, channeling Eric event in Belgium where we did it for a second time but it's still um that is very energetically draining. Uh, it really feels like you're beating, <laughs> like I've been hit in the, in the head with a hammer afterwards. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> you know, it is. It's not as co- it's not very comfortable. Um, but he says it's going to get better with the more and more practice because it's all about um, my body needs to learn to adjust to the frequency of him. Um, because when they come into your body, they actually change the frequency of your cells they change the energetic vibration of your cells and so your body has to adjust to something that it's not used to to that high frequency and it's you know that's why you're you're a little whacked up afterwards (laughs) yeah i've talked to trans mediums and physical mediums and that's one of the side effects is it being really draining um Mm. And and they are manipulating manipulating your frequency, your energy field, um, all that stuff. And it's to me, it's fascinating. And after that course I took in, in trance uh, in the Arthur Friendly College, it's very rare. And I don't that what you do the channeling, and it's not that others can't do it, um, but a lot of people have not allowed themselves to like step into it. So I think you know, 2018 and beyond, it'll be the time that. Um, I think more people will will go for it because what a gift it is not just to hear a message um, oh that your son's here and this is what he says, but actually to get the mom, dad, you know, the heart to heart communication. So I remember you. when I remember when Jamie first trans channeled Eric, she was sitting on a chair in front of the audience, small group, mm-hmm. and when he totally went in 
her body, he saw me and ran in a, a way that he used to run anytime he's about to come into my arms and cry wow. when he was alive. That's how he did it. He would be uh, sort of leaning a little forward with his head cocked to the side a bit and looking down and run. And that's exactly what happened. Now, Jamie requires anybody, any spirit who enters her body to leave it in better shape than when they went in. So that's the sort of <laughs> that's a, pretty a, cool. a pact that they make. Yeah. And also she has to had to set up some rules for Eric because he would get in the body and start bottling her, you know, oh wow, these nice boobs and and things like that. And oh no, and then afterwards uh, the next transchanneling, well I was told I was not to touch these and he points to her breasts. So talk about keeping our same personality when we cross over. Yeah. Uh, and he sounds like he's got quite the sense of humor. But I want to ask, and I don't know if Eric's the one to answer or how he'd even go about that, but just a little bit about, um, oh gosh, I don't want to say what the dying process is like, but there's so many of us who have lost a loved one and are just looking for hope that not only are they still around, but whether you call it heaven or the afterlife, that it's a an okay place to be. And, um, and maybe even touch a little bit about uh, suicide because I know it's a tough conversation but some yeah. some people yeah. hit an all-time low and it looks like that's the best way out well you know um, uh, if you read my uh, uh, Eric's book uh, my life after death he gives a very very fascinating description of the death process, the crossing over, the visiting of the funeral, you know, the what heaven is like in, in great detail, what their emotions and senses are like, what their day-to-day -day life is uh, like as a spirit and so on. But Eric, uh, he's probably chomping at the bit to, to talk. He's been uncharacteristically quiet. <laughs> you say, hey, no, Bob, I'm just allowing you to, to tell you your story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm willing. This is a new one for me on the show, but I think all of us are willing to say hello to Eric and and to have a dialogue. So welcome, Eric. He's saying hello. <laughs> Hi, Eric. I love you. I love you too, Mama, very, very much. You know that. And I love everyone, you know. Um, the thing is, so many people are afraid of death, but really, uh, we should be more afraid of, of being born. Um, dying is such a peaceful process. You know, a lot of people think uh, dying is painful or, um, you know, people, let me explain this way. I think the fear of death um, doesn't really come from the, the part, the exact part of dying, but I think it comes from the part that they, they don't know where they're going. You know, they don't know when it's going to happen or they don't know how. And I think a lot of people are more afraid of suffering than they really are of dying itself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I can guarantee you that no matter in any situation, no matter how you die, whether you are murdered, whether you are committing suicide, whether you are having an illness, uh, whether you are hit by a car, um, right before death steps into the body, you are already out of the body. Okay. So there is never a process. The transition itself, um, you will be, um, you will have already left the body before death sets in. So there's never a moment of pain in the transition. Okay. The pain is either right is either before death. Uh, and let's just say that, you know, life is painful. It's just part of the journey. It's part of the, you know, the contrast that we need in order to expand and in order to grow. But death itself is really, uh, it's just a transformation. You know, it's, just like a butterfly um, you're just coming out of your cocoon and you're going home that's basically what it's like now how how your transition is will always be determined about how your belief system is what you think your death will look like people don't understand or realize always that it is our mindset it is the power of the consciousness that creates um, the experience right after death. Um, you will always attract a death experience according to your beliefs. So let's say you believe that 
that you're going through a tunnel of light and in the end of the tunnel there is God and there are family members waiting for you, well then that is what you'll experience. If you believe that when you die, you there's nothing, there's just darkness, there's blackness and everything is gone, well then you will experience that darkness for a little bit until you start realizing that, hey, it might be all dark here, but why am I still thinking? <laughs> why do I still have thoughts? And when that realization kicks in, then you'll start like, hmm, maybe I should start walking around and see what else is out here. And that's how you get to the realization that there is life after death. And then um, your angels, your guides, your spiritual team, whatever you want to call them, your soul group, they will come in and say, hey, you ready to go home now? So really, the fear of death is um, not necessary uh, at all. And it, it is it is such a peaceful moment when you come into a place where there's no more guesswork and there is no more um, fear and there's no more anxieties and there's no more uh, unclarity. Everything seems to make sense and everything seems to have a plan and you start realizing, hmm, the life that I thought was so complicated really wasn't as complicated as I thought it was. It's about understanding when we cross over, we start seeing the blueprints in our own design uh, because life is your own design. It always will be. It is not God's plan on what you want to experience or where you want to go or what you want to do in this life. It is your plan, your plan only. And so when you are the creator of your life, then you're also the creator of your death process. And so in anything that we do, whether it is on this earth, whether it is in the afterlife, it will always be your choice and it will always be free will and it will always be with unconditional love and with the only, um, <laughs> he said, the only goal that we really have here on earth uh, or in the other dimensions is growing, learning, experiencing and expanding. That's it. That's what it's all about. And, and it really comes with... Um, Let's just say that it comes in all colors and it comes from all directions. Uh, a human life is one of the hardest lives. Why? Because uh, it's, it's, it's a condition. We'll just call it a condition, he says. It's a condition where we are the furthest um, separated from source, where we feel so disconnected from uh, everything that we really are. So um, that's why this life as a human being is, is confusing, is complicated, um, because we don't feel connected. But as soon as we make that connection, as soon as we create that understanding, uh, you'll start recognizing and remembering feelings, uh, intuitive um, encounters that, hey, I've seen this before, hmm, that seems familiar. Okay, what this person is saying is so resonating with me right now, you know, and you will attract more and more information. And when we do that, then we go back to being connected. We go back to who we are. And when we connect our true energetic self with the physical self, that's when we find balance in a human existence. And that's why most people are here as well. We, we learn, we grow, we experience so many different things, but it all comes to the same thing. It all comes to self-love, self-exploration and self-achievement. Um, that's where it all comes up to, just in all different ways and forms. So uh, understanding that we are all going through the same trouble and that we are all growing through similar growth processes, that means that we're all connected as well. May I ask a question? Yeah. I don't want to interrupt because you're on a roll. but Yeah, he goes fast. That's right. Oh, my God, he's a fast talker. Uh, I like him. Um, there's... A lot of suffering that we have, there's suffering, you know, when we wake up in the morning, we have this negative, many of us have this negative mind that's right there. And I can only assume in the mind of somebody who takes their own life, that negative mind is speaking so loudly. But Eric, is there any, does that negative voice continue after you cross over? Or is that ego self, uh, that negative voice, does that disappear and you're reconnected with who you are? Great question. 
Well, he says, for me, it immediately faded. It immediately, um, because I knew before I took my life, when I was at that desk, um, anything is better than this. That was my belief system. Mm -hmm. Anything is better than this. So I knew that whatever was going to come was going to be better. It was going to be more peaceful and I was going to be happier. And so that is what happened as soon as I crossed over. Um, that, that negative voice, that feeling of not being understood, not fitting in, um, self-hate and self-loathing at certain times, all of that faded away from me really quickly now. That can be different for different people. There are sometimes spirits, um, entities who do need some counseling, who do need some guidance afterwards. Um, but I can tell you that for all of them, that really deep fear or that deep, deep feeling of feeling worthless and feeling disconnected does fade away really quickly. Let me ask However, you a quick question, Eric, just because I don't know why I've never asked you this. Before you took your life, mm -hmm. did you believe that there was something after? I believed that I didn't believe in God, um, but I believed that there must be something. Okay. There must be something, and whatever it is, um, it's going to be better than this. So you didn't believe that you might just go to blackness in, in a state no. of non-existence? Oh, no. That makes me feel better. But uh, I remember that you also shared that uh, for a while, things were just so wonderful, and the unconditional love was so amazing that you kept wondering when the other shoe was going to drop, Right. Yeah, it, it, it's and that's where we where the the guidance and the counseling comes mm -hmm. in, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what I went through as well. But in the moment of, of transition and there's this feeling of um, peace, there's this feeling of burdens that just kind of drop off of you, you know, mm. um, almost like um, a little bit of hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> in a very positive way you there's this this relief feeling like however, a euphoria like a euphoria yeah a little bit yeah. of a euphoria feeling however as you start to realize okay there's my body i'm here i'm still alive <laughs> yeah i'm still here and i feel good uh, as soon as you kind of go into that a lot later on because um, a lot of times you'll first get the feeling or the urge to be with your family, to support them, to, you know, to guide them a little bit and just to let them know, hey, I'm okay, I'm okay. But after that, when you really um, go into your life's review, when you really go into meeting the team that was around you and meeting everyone and, and trying to understand what is going on, because it is a process, it is a process that you have to... Um, kind of accustomed back to a, a new way of being. You kind of have to shed off that human-like um, conditioning that we have. And in that, you do get counseling. And you really go deeper into um, why you responded in certain ways to certain events in your life or why you felt this way or where all these emotions came from. And you really go deeper into that because you're still, in some way or form, you're still holding on to very deep-rooted um, fears um, and habits that we that we have encountered during our lifetime that we have collected during our human lifetime and that's when the counseling comes in that's when uh, for me it was an angel but you know it could be family members as well it really depends from person to person so yes you do feel instantly better however later on when you get your life's review when you get all uh, the insights there is certain deep-rooted um issues that do need to be dealt with and that usually comes with understanding them with getting an overview and an insight inside yourself um, because when you're in that negative state when you're in that state of um 
being feeling completely lost, feeling completely separated from everything and everybody around you, no matter how many people love you, no matter how many people support you, you can get into a state where you feel completely alone because nobody truly understands what you're going through. Um, and when you get that insight in everything, it really comes with the understanding of yourself um, because in that moment on earth, you can't do soul searching like that anymore because you get a, a, a twisted view of everything that's going on around you because of these negative emotions. So there is some healing later on, um, but everything, um, it really is at your own pace. Uh, you are completely supported. There is no judgment, people. I want to state this very clearly. You know, I don't... Um, I don't recommend anyone to commit suicide because you are here uh, on earth to, you know, you chose this for yourself. So we might as well yeah, make the I, best I, of it. You yeah, chose like this to, uh, for yourself. I'd like to ask about that, you know, Eric, because you, you sure do paint a lovely picture of death in the afterlife. So can you tell us, tell people out there who may have suicidal thoughts why they should go ahead and Stick around for the human experience. Great question. Thank you. Well, he's saying mostly do it for you. You chose this journey for a really good reason. And you chose these lessons that you're going through for a really good reason. Um, sometimes, I have to say, sometimes suicide is part of a contract. But a lot of times it's not. A lot of times it is about... Um, not being on the right track, not being on your path. And, and then the further we go away from who we truly are, the further, you know, we feel disconnected and, and, and we just don't see any, uh, any happiness possible for us. So um, why do you need to stick around? Why do you need to um, not make that decision? Well, I, the only person I can say is it's for you. It's not for the people around you because we're here to live an, an experience, an individual experience. You know, everybody lives in their own reality. Now, let's say you are in that situation where you really, you really don't know what to do anymore. You really don't see any positivity coming your way and you don't know how to change it. Um, my advice to everybody out there uh, is when you feel when you're in that place, that means that you are completely off or completely removed, he says, from your true self, from your true nature. Whenever we feel bad, that means that something isn't going according to your frequency, according to your vibration. Whenever we feel good, that means you're right on track. You're doing something that is resonating with you. You're doing something that uh, that is. Um, <laughs> he's going. I don't know what that word compiling or complying. I'm not really sure what that word means. Um, but it's like he wants to say that it connects to um, your higher self. Okay, because it is your higher self who sends you here. So he's a little bit all over the place. So let me see if I can get him a little bit to slow down. Um, <laughs> I have I have one more question too he's that very, I think is important like, when he slows down a little. This. Yeah, but it it just feels like what he's trying to say is you know um, don't do it for other people but do it for you. There is much more to experience in life if you just learn to let go of the fears uh, and just learn to understand that this is just a temporarily illusion that you are creating. So stop creating more misery onto it and start creating and visualizing and taking action into going in a complete different direction. You know, change your life, make decisions, not based on fear, but based on hope and based on love. And, and if we can do that, then we can always change everything around. The problem is People still feel to this day that their reality is being controlled by the world outside of them, yes. by their society, by their friends, by their family, by their husband, by their, their love interest. Whatever it is, people still feel that their life is being uh, controlled by 
anything that's outside of them. But it's but not. It's not. It completely controlled by you. However you see yourself, however you see your world, however you, um, all everything, every thought, every word you express will create your reality. It is the law of attraction. It is understanding. I think this might be a good one. He says, in order for everyone to find their way, you know, to find a, um, a positive way of experiencing life, that is true to them. Because believe me, everybody is different and everybody has different ambitions. But in order for you to experience that, that, that life that you've always wanted, that you've always dreamed of, you really have to understand that you're the creator, you're the producer, you're the writer, you're the, you know, uh, and you're the viewer of your own life. You create it by your mindset, by your thoughts, by your feelings, uh, and by the words that you speak out. So become very aware of what you're saying, what you're thinking. Go back and analyze your thoughts and say, uh oh, thinking negative again, let's Let's refocus to something positive, you know, eliminate the routine because we are being raised to, um, to follow rules, to obey. That's why, that's how we're being raised. Everything is according to the rules and everything is about what are you going to be later on when you grow up and, and what success are you going to have when you grow up and are you going to have a family when you grow up? We're already being conditioned from childhood. You know, not everybody's here to have a family and not everybody's here, you know, to, uh, to work a dead end job. Uh, it's, it's, it's about understanding that you're here to experience what you want. And so following your heart, following what feels good to you, following your passion, even if you don't know how you're going to turn your passion into a career, if you do what you love, let's say you start as a hobby, but if you do what you love and you put all your energy in there, then you will attract abundance and career and success in what you love. Okay, right. but it's about understanding that okay. you need to focus on what you do want and stop focusing on what you don't want. Eric, I have a great question, I think, is when you had your life review, did you possibly think there's so much more I can do? And that's what gave you the motivation to be in communication uh, and you can still make a difference with so many people globally and did you have to learn how to do this communication because there's a lot of people that would love signs from their loved ones and you know is there a school that you learned it uh, well, let's just say that, that in my life as Eric, I have always been very compassionate mm -hmm. and I have always felt like uh, I needed to help others. So it is something that has always been inside of me. Um, after my life's review, I also started to understand and get the insight that everything I did had an impact on everyone else. And I also got the insight of how it affected them. So I started seeing and understanding that we can influence each other in a very positive way. Now, um, guiding people and helping people really came as natural to me. However, I did get guidance. I did get, let's just say I studied <laughs> a little bit. We do have libraries there where there is knowledge to be found. Mm -hmm. uh, and we do share uh, experiences with other people, with other entities who are guiding. Um, but I did get guidance from people. Um, I did get guidance from my angels uh, in, in how to connect, in how to become a guide. But let's just say for me, it was a very natural thing. It was just um, an extension of who I was as Eric. Hmm. Something I always wanted to do on earth, but I never had a chance to do. Well, and I think yeah. maybe this way you're impacting so many more people than you would have. Uh, and Suzanne Wilson in her book, um, Soul Smart, talks about, I think it's halls of knowledge or halls of learning. And like you say, that there are guides and libraries and ways for our loved ones to uh, learn how to be in the earth plane and manipulate energy and and do these things so a big thank you for stepping into your power after death uh physical death and now making such a difference because i know you have a ton of followers around the world 
Well, he says, I'm the one following them around, usually. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting close to our uh, our mark here. And I just want to know, is there, you know, I'd love to find out what you're doing now, because we've got a couple of books Um uh, uh, Lisa, your book, My Son in the Afterlife, Conversations from the Other Side, and then Eric's book, My Life After Death, a memoir from heaven. But I would love to hear just a little bit about uh, channelingeric.com, uh, the blog, um, your Facebook groups, and, and I'm sure there's people that want to um, connect more and find out more. And what's the best way to do that? Well, the channelingeric.com, by the way, Eric is spelled with a K. That's right. If you join the blog, or especially if you read the book, for some reason, it's very uh, possible or probable that you will receive a little visit or some benign, you know, benevolent little prank from Eric. It's kind of funny. He pranks blog members all over the world in just the most fantastic ways. And we have a radio show every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Time Fantastic. that I post about. I post, I give instructions on Friday, Sunday, and then Monday morning. Uh, we also uh, uh, channel different notable figures. Uh, some of the, uh, Eric will sometimes give us information about the great mysteries of the world from the Sphinx and the pyramids and Stonehenge and all that. Wow. We sometimes will channel about the spiritual basis for various diseases and conditions and uh, how to navigate the human life. It's, it's a very, there's a lot of topics that we cover to say the least. And uh, we also have an ask Eric column on the Savannah blog and the Sedona journal where people, uh, when I call out for questions around mid month, will, uh, submit a question and uh it's uh emmanuel will answer them and they will appear in both of those spots so it's a regular column and uh that's about it that is fantastic and that you have a relationship with your son um and making it such a difference on planet earth and i i love the concept of um him being part of answering some of the deepest questions we have and connecting to other souls i think that's very cool well, I would like to say to anybody who has lost a loved one mm -hmm. that just because they've lost their body does not mean they've gone away. I mean, you can continue to have a relationship uh, with them. And in the archives of the blog, we talk about various ways that you can do that uh, with or without a medium. And uh, like I say, they're just uh, they, they're the same. Just no body and perhaps none of the physical or mental illness that may have plagued them in life. And they want to continue that relationship that's beautiful. And they're not lost. They're still here. They're not lost. Without right. bodies. And there's, you know, I've got this visual that they're all cheering us on. And then when we close our eyes at final time here on earth, it's like crossing a finish line and they'll all be there to greet us and cheer us on and, you know, welcome us home with that love. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Emma or Eric, any closing words before we end the show? Well, Eric just wanted to add to that, that, you know, a lot of people feel, well, why would the dead connect to us? Or why would they even take the time? It's not just about connecting to, to loved ones, you know. If you need guidance in any direction, don't be afraid to, you know, to uh, um, ask on Jesus or ask on uh, Buddha or, uh, you know, Albert Einstein to help you, you know, or Voltaire. Um there is no um, separation in, in, you know, in the afterlife, he says. There is no, oh, my God, why would, uh, you know, uh, Michael Justin come talk to me? He doesn't know me. Um, we're all connected. We're all family up there, and we are all one. So there is no separation. Um, so don't be afraid to connect to whoever you want to connect to, and don't ever get the feeling that you are a burden to us. Don't ever think, oh my God, I'm burdening him again. I'm asking for things again. We are there to help. We are there because we love you uh, unconditionally and we will always be there for you. So don't ever hesitate to ask for help, to ask for guidance, because if you put your awareness to the now, you will always and constantly receive messages from us. He says. Well, can, so now, you, can Eric make sure you put your awareness to the now, though, he says. If your mind is mm -hmm. going to the past right. or the future, then you will not see us or hear us. We only are present in the now. 
Okay, so be aware of what is going on around you at this moment, what you're doing, um, and, and that's how you will receive messages from us. Because a lot of people say, I don't receive messages. Well, that's because you're always somewhere else with your mind. And that is being in, the, in, a, in a possible future or being in a possible past, because don't forget, time doesn't exist and it's always changing and fluctuating. Um, we can't get to that. Because that is something that you are creating that's not uh, in existence yet. Mm. So always bring your awareness to the now. And that's the only, the only uh, way you will get very clear uh, messages in. Mm. And can you be two places at the same time, Eric? If you start developing a following here of millions of people and you want to yes. play your pranks, is it possible that part of your conscious goes over here to do one thing? And goes oh yeah, he definitely. Yeah. Yes. He says he spread himself off infinitely. So. Yes, as energy, we can um, we can change form. Uh, we can uh, split up energy, um, but we're always still connected, and we're always still one person. So um, I can be in a million places at the same time. That's amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, thank you all. I wish I could do that. Someday you will be able to do that. Someday you will. <laughs> One day, mom. Now. One day, mom. Well, thank you all for being here today. And I want to remind our listener that if you want to go to channelingeric.com and even visit uh, manualmacintosh.com, it'll get you started on this fantastic world that I know that I want to learn more about. And there's all kinds of videos on YouTube, all kinds. Uh, and for our our listener here today, thank you for spending this hour with us and investing not only your time, but your curiosity and your passion for who you are and what your life is about. As a reminder, all past episodes are available on WeDon'tDieRadio.com, uh, where you can get a fashionable blue We Don't Die wristband that inside says, I am a divine soul, and also get a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief, and my PDF report, my new report, 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife. So in closing, I want to say my name is Sandra Champlain, and I am delighted to have been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. And in the words of Eric, we must be here in the now. Uh, our loved ones can get through, and I believe miracles and magic can happen when we're in the present moment. Not thinking about the past, not stewing about the future, but being in the now. So I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. 